Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is like Disneyland on fucking crack cocaine. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. Here's the part of the show where I ask our technical guy, our audio guy, to just keep in the coughs and the sniffles and all of the um, sick noises coming from my end of things. Um, It's going to be a part of the the pizzazz of this episode. A little ambiance. A little ambiance. We are, we've returned from a... From our summer break. Right. So this is now season something. Three. Season something. Yeah. A new do season. Do we do seasons? I don't I know if we do seasons. <laughs> we can. It's never too late to start. We can. Yeah. Um, I got home from Paris and London last Wednesday. And when you came back from London, did you have jet lag coming this way? I didn't. I'm trying to remember. I must not have because it would have... It would be something that I remember, but I, I didn't have any coming back. I had some back. going. I, I definitely had some going, but not coming back. Yeah. Usually going in that direction, the jet lag is pretty bad. And I didn't have it that bad in Paris. That's where I went first. But coming back, um, I didn't have a problem going to sleep. It was waking up at like two o'clock in the morning and then waking up at three and waking up at four. Oh, yeah. Like I, I just couldn't sleep through the night. And so... I brought, and I didn't sleep on the plane home, so I had basically gone like 20 hours without sleeping. And then, you know, you you basically bring home other people's air with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and the longer you sit on the plane, the more aware of that you become. Yeah. Yeah. There are some fires going on in Utah. So the already despicable state of the air in Utah is even more more terrifying. There was a, a, an article in the paper yesterday or something that said, where did the mountains go? Oh, God. Yeah, we you talked about see- this some time ago, right? Like the just the terrible air quality? Yeah, it will, and because of the fires up north, the wind is has blown all of the, the smoke. Like the smoke is literally obscuring in the mountains from view. Wow. And... I am attempting to get a lot that I have put off for over years and years and years and years and years and years and years, years, some things that need to be unpacked and thrown away and all of that. And I had 10 days before my kids get home. 10 days from when you got home? Oh, I had actually, that was two weeks from the day that I got home. Okay. So you've got like a week left. Yeah. They get home a week from today. So I've been in the garage going through boxes and I'm allergic to dust. <clears throat> so airplane dust. air, smoke, dust. Yeah. Nice. Lots and lots and lots of dust. And it is, I spent 13 hours in my garage on Sunday and I went through every single goddamn box that I have been carrying around since forever. So these are every like the boxes Sunday. you never unpack. You just keep moving. That stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I went through every single thing. Why? What is the catalyst? Um, I am I I I have this free time while they're not here. I can't nap for some reason I'm unable to nap during the day to catch up on my sleep. And so it just I figured if I didn't do it all at once, I was just gonna again half ass it. Oh yeah. So I was like, Sunday it is the garage. And then I woke up the next morning and I was talking like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a hell of a way to start your first full week back. Yeah, first full week back from, you know, paradise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, too, I mean, you mentioned, like, there was no issue falling asleep with the waking up. 
I wonder if it's because you were there for so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I was gone for a week, which I think is, is enough time to semi-transition, but your body was kind of fully into a, a new cycle. Exactly. And mind you, while I was there, my way of enjoying a city is to walk it. And in the four weeks that I was gone, I walked over 250 miles. That's awesome. You, you, how many did you walk the week that you were there? In London, I think 890 is what I hit. Yeah. Because I walked. If I could walk rather than taking public transit, that's what I did. Yeah, that's exactly what I did too. Yeah. And so it was a completely different city for me. I had been there in 1996. And I think London, and you haven't been to Paris, have you? I have not, no. My conclusion about London after being there this time is that it sort of straddles um, the European and the New York aspect of a really large city. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you have those beautiful row houses and the beautiful architecture and the museums and the beautiful, well, what used to be beautiful parks. It's all dry and dead now because it hasn't, it hasn't rained since you were there. Yeah, it's ridiculously hot there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. The heat. Oh, <laughs> my God. But London has a, a European flair, but it also has this grittiness to it that reminds me of New York. This harshness, this like, go, go, go. Okay, let's go. Whereas Paris is just super, super laid back. And the cafe culture there is everybody, there's always a place to sit down and not do anything. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can't compare it, but I think that description of London makes sense because there are pockets of it that that are just really, really laid back. But when it comes down to it, it still feels very much like a city, like any other. At yeah. a certain point, whether you're in L.A. or Chicago or New York or wherever, they all have that city feeling. Mm -hmm. And London does have that, just with a better accent. <laughs> much better accent. <laughs> Although I got off the train, I took the channel through from Paris to, to London and the taxi driver had a perfectly lovely British accent, but I, I was so caught up in French that when he started talking to me, I thought he was speaking like German or some Slavic language. And I, I think like, I saw what? you post something about that. Yeah. yeah. Like what is going on? Yeah. It was a glorious, glorious four weeks. And the only glitch, the on, literally the only glitch was the heat. Um, was it hot in year, Paris too or not? Oh my God. Yeah. Last year in Paris, it like it, the average was like 75, 78 degrees. It rained several days. It was cool. You know, I never got really hot last year in Paris. And this year it was scorching and there's no air conditioning anywhere. And, and they're stone and it. brick buildings, so they're ovens, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it was inescapable. Could not escape the heat. And, um, like, my body <laughs> responds to the humidity and the heat by swelling. Oh, God. <laughs> so, oh, like, man. rings wouldn't fit on my fingers, and my face looked really round, and my clothes were really tight. And I was just so hot. It was just, it was boiling. When you can't escape it, I have a friend who lives like an hour south of London. And almost every day I get a text from her that's some, like, she's just miserable. Everybody's miserable. Yeah. Everybody's crabby because the heat is so oppressive. Nobody has air. She's like, my, right. all my windows are open. There's fans and everything. There's fans throughout the flat. I'm, I can't sleep. I feel gross. I feel tired mm -hmm. all the time. And because, I mean, we talked about this at one point because when you were in New Orleans, it was really cold and it was like miserably cold because they're not equipped for that either. Right. Exactly. And these places are not, you know, so 80 or 85 in Chicago, you can deal with that. Even if you're not a fan of the heat, you can deal with it because everybody has air, but 80 or 85 in London or probably Paris is awful no oh, it was like 95 degrees oh, oh, oh god it was no. it was like that and i would seek you know refuge in the shadows of the buildings especially in paris because it's so compact so when you went you took a trip to bath right i did yeah the day we went to bath it rained 
That's the, the only the, day it rained for me too. And it was, the difference was remarkable. It was like cool and fresh. And it, like, I, I didn't want to use an umbrella because it felt so good to finally be like cool. That's so weird because it was, it was like 85 every day I was there. And then I took the train out, out to bath and it was, it wasn't hard rain. It was kind of a heavy mist and I didn't carry an umbrella either. And I walked around for hours until I had to go back to my Airbnb and change. Yeah. Just because it was such a nice shift. Yeah. So I, when I was there in 96, I literally lived across the street from Kensington Palace. And our taxi driver was just going off about how terrible it's been. It, He said the last time we had a proper, you know, London rain. I mean, London is like Seattle when it comes to weather. The last time they'd had a proper London rain was May 12th. So it had been two and a half months I started walking through the parks and all of the grass is dead, just completely yellow and brown. Even the parks, even like the gardens at Kensington Palace were dead. There was a patch of gardens at Buckingham Palace that were sort of maintained, but that's literally the only thing that I saw that was green. It was, it was staggering to me. Well, I actually hadn't thought about that because I know they have, obviously, they're, they have groundskeepers but they probably don't have quite the systems in place to account right. for, you know, two months without rain. Like irrigation systems yeah. are, they've never needed them. Yeah. Wow. Like I grew up in the South without sprinkler systems. And when I got here, everybody was talking about their sprinkler system. And I'm like, you mean the thing that you put in the yard that goes back and forth? <laughs> you attach it to the hose. <laughs> and they're like, no, the whole system throughout the yard, the, you know, the things that pop up and spray your yard. And like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was it was such a break and I knew that it was a break and so I made it a break and I slept and I ate and I walked and You also edited. It was lovely. I did edit. I got those edits done a week early. Very nice. There's another round of edits due. It's not going to ha- it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's another round of edits due this Friday and it's just not going to happen. I can't possibly get to it in the mess that i'm surrounded in right now there's so much going on right now, i can't even i can't even comprehend it good good going on though i mean good 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 going on yeah um i just found out this morning that lita was registered or is enrolled in the wrong school what yeah <clears throat> i i went to pre-register her because i have to go she's still she's still at camp lita is still at camp wow the registration for her high school is taking place this week, so I have to go do all of that, but you're supposed to pre-register online. So I started that process, and it was the wrong high school. Like you just <sighs> you picked the wrong one on accident? Or? No, no. So they have this thing here called open enrollment where you can apply to go to whichever school you want to go to. Right. And if they have the space, they will take you. And she wants to go to this school um, that her, that John's sister taught at for over 30 years. And in terms of academics, it's the best in the, it's the best public school in the state. And I got her in, we received a letter that said she's been accepted. So I have to go figure all that out today. But you registered her for a different school because that hadn't been accepted. Like what was the so we don't live within the uh, the boundaries of that school. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So we had to like apply. It's called, we had to do the open enrollment, which I did in February. And then we got a letter in May. And then I had to resubmit something in May. And I did all of that work. Wow. Luckily, she doesn't know any of this because she would be completely freaking out. Right. And it's all going to be fine in the long run. <laughs> I got to figure out how to put that in my schedule. So. so book edits, school registration. You already done the garage. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> or no, maybe part of the garage. I I created a disaster of a mess in my garage. Half of my garage is trash. Half of it once needs to go to Goodwill, and then like there's this like tiny little corner where I want to keep stuff. So I have to organize all of that and get that taken care of. I'm I'm terrible at Goodwill donations because there there's like three phases and they all take months and the first phase is just knowing that you have stuff you need to donate then the next phase is like what you've done where you have it sorted out 
But that last phase of putting it in the car and bringing it okay. takes forever. And I will usually load up my trunk and then it sits in my trunk for weeks, sometimes months, because yeah. I just forget. My temptation. It's a big, 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 big temptation <laughs> is to rent a dumpster and throw it all in. <laughs> it is It is easier in some ways. I know. And I shouldn't do that because I have stuff that people can use oh, yeah. that I don't need anymore. Right. But I only have so much time I'm only, and I'm sick on top of that. I haven't been sick in a very long time. And this is this has gotten all up into my head and into my chest. The book situation as well. I have got thousands of books and they're heavy and I don't know what to do. Does anyone, I mean, some places like the Salvation Army or Goodwill will come and pick up. Is that an option? I think that's an option. Goodwill does not come pick up. I looked on the website. There's a, the Mormon Goodwill called Deseret Industries does not come and pick up anymore. Okay. Um, I can take them all and have them donated, but at this point, I'm just going to try to get as many given away to friends and family as I can and then see how many I have to put in the back of my car. And how many trips it's going to take. And how many trips it's going to take, yeah. So life, I you know what it's like. Like life hit me like a brick when I got home. Oh, yeah, um, it always does. I actually had a I actually had a breakdown the n- two nights before we came home. Like I realized, <laughs> I realized, okay, it's coming to an end. Like this fantasy, this fantasy non reality is coming to an end, and back right back into it. Well, it's nice. I mean, not nice, but it's nice that you have the transition where it's like partial reentry because yeah, the girls aren't home yet. Yeah. So you can at least ease back into yourself in Utah and then ease back into being a mom in Utah. (laughs) And then right into school, ready to go. Right into school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right into high school. But all things considered, though, you sound very good about it. And I only point that out because, you know, when we look back 12 or 18 months, you probably wouldn't have sounded that good about it. (laughs) No. Um, Right now, with the chaos, because I'm also cleaning out my office, which needs, that's that's long, 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 long overdue. And there's like all these drawers and stuff that like I really want to get it all done because otherwise it's not ever going to get done. I have said over and over again, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And I just never have. And the problem is that what I've done is I've sorted things, but it's just this gigantic mess right now. And my mom called this morning because she was going to help me get rid rid of some of it. And it's kind of like when you, have you ever experienced waves of nausea where you feel really nauseated and then you're okay? Yes. And then you feel nauseated. Okay. So you never really know what's coming. So I I heard my mom's voice on the phone this morning and I was like, it's a mess. I don't know what to do. I'm so sick. What am I going to do? And she's like, if we're in this together, we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. <laughs> and then I hung up the phone and I was okay. And then you're going to dip back into that at some point and it'll mm-hmm. be fine. It'll be fine. In the meantime, I have like, so that I have the book edits too. And then I have like four conference calls this week. I have to go interview the doctor who conducted the treatment that I underwent last March for my book. Oh, uh, okay. Are you including like an actual interview verbatim in the book? He is going to write something for my book. Oh, wow. That's going to be fantastic. But I have to include within the pages that I've written. I One of the... One of the points of feedback was that they wanted to know more about the technical aspects of the actual physical procedure. And I've got to go talk to him about it. So I have a meeting with him on Thursday. And yeah, so. Wow. Because you don't really remember because you were dead. <laughs> so got to ask somebody else. I mean, they gave me like, they gave me a generalized overview of what was happening and the science behind it, but they didn't do a deep dive. 
And I didn't really care about the deep dive. I just wanted to feel better. Yeah. You know. So it makes sense. I mean, that you're going back after the fact to say, okay, now I realize it worked. It is what you said. Now tell me about it. Yeah. And that that interview is this week or next week? That's this week. That's on Thursday. They have completed, by the way, um, the round that I was in. And I believe that they're starting the next round of the study, which includes a double blind. So it's still it's still ongoing. It's good. It's progressing. I think a lot of people have applied for it. That's really, I mean, the fact that they're not going into a new round is good. If it wasn't yeah. sh- proving to be a promising treatment, they would stop. Yeah. Now, will they be done with this next phase before your book is out? Do you know how long uh, it's I'm pretty last? sure. They pushed back the published date of my book to April. I won't get into too many details, but my editor, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but my editor went in and he, he cut out and I, and I purposefully gave him like 20,000 words extra than what he asked for, because I just wanted to give him it all so that he could do with it what he wanted, what he needed to do. And he cut a very large amount or his suggestions were to cut a very large amount of what I had written. So I went through and you know, I trust his instincts and I went through and I didn't make too many changes or too many suggestions to what he had done. And so he then submitted it to his boss. I guess that's when things hit the fan over there because she was unaware about the gravity of what I had been through. And she she was super excited about it. She's like, this book is going to be great. Like, we want to do this. We want to do this. We want to do this. I've seen the cover. Like they produced a cover for me and it looks good. That's cool. Um, they want to um, avoid the February television sweeps in because uh, it was originally supposed to be February because press could be more accessible um, in April. Well, that's good reception from his boss. Yeah. She sent me several emails, personal emails, just about people in her family who've experienced depression and how great this will be for them to read. So... It was good. It was good. That's awesome. Yeah. Lots of good things. <laughs> you know what things. else is good? <laughs> I had this dreaded phone call with my accountant yesterday. Let me take a swig of water because the uh, dust is up in my throat. It's a great visual. Thanks for that. <laughs> so I get a an email from my accountant while I'm in Paris and he's like, I need to talk to you about your tax returns and do you have some time to talk? I was like, I'm out of the country till the 1st of August. And he's like, we'll just contact me then and we'll, we'll get on the phone and talk about this. And the tone of his email was like, a, I was like, oh God. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm fucked and I get to find out about it here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, like I want to, I will never forget the first year that we actually made like at the height of like, you know, blogging, like when we made a good amount of money one year and he called and he was like, you, this is what you owe in taxes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I like didn't get out of, like I couldn't get out of bed for two days. I was so seized with a panic. So I got on the phone with him yesterday and he's looking at all of my income and I have purposefully stepped back from every other kind of work in order to get this book done. And because of that, when you take sort of a pay cut to not work on other paying projects to do one project, turns out that you ha- take a loss in your business. Ah, okay. Yeah. So a pay cut compared to last year. Yeah, because I am not working on nearly, like I had to dedicate my year to this book. Right. And like sponsored content and any consulting work has been minimal. And he's like, well, um, you know, I think I have some good news for you. I guess good news if you want to, if you want to consider it good news. And I'm going to get a refund from the government. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's funny that you <laughs> word like, it like that because that is such an accountant. Like every time <laughs> I've ever gotten any amount of money back, my accountant's like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but really you shouldn't <laughs> get anything or pay him. Shut up. Just, I just want the check. Like, that's all I really care <laughs> yeah. about. He's like, would you like a direct deposit? Yes. I want the direct deposit. Yes. Oh, wow. 
he, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is good for you or not, but yeah, what do you think? And I'm like, great. That's the great news. <laughs> no, I really wanted to owe more. Damn it. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's good. That's good. <clears throat> you know, it's business. I just right. revealed some stuff about my business. Yeah. Business 101. Business 101. Take a pay cut. <laughs> Take a pay cut to write about the treatment for your suicidal depression. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the perks. Uh, and and fall cleaning. So it's like a whole new start in the middle of the year. In the middle of the year, yeah. And then I walked yesterday, I was running to grab some trash bags. That's the other thing is I want to run a dumpster because there is a lot that needs to be thrown away. And I don't, I don't know where to dump it. I was running to get some trash bags and I walked by this. There's a strip mall where I, where I shop and there is a an athletic store that had winter boots out for sale in their window. And I almost broke their window. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, that's what you need. More stuff. When you have stuff, you need to get rid of. No, I was just mad that they have winter boots. Even though, like, being that hot was miserable, like, it's still summer. It's only August. Yeah, I just, I saw someone... I think it was maybe Montana. Someone had retweeted something from like public public transit or or whatever department in Montana that's in the middle of their winter prep, like right now, because the snow is coming. And it's to all. I mean, I'm sure in Montana, I'm sure in Utah. I know it's different, but I can't even. We're like months from that. Months, which is okay. <laughs> Although it's been it's been pretty damn hot and humid here, so I would, has it I would how take, how is how has your summer been? It's been it's been okay actually. Your your trip, for whatever reason, seemed to coincide with just this surge of just insanity with with work and like lots of things going on. All all good things. I mean, nothing super exciting, but so that kind of worked out well. But otherwise, it's been it's been all right. Luxton was gone for ten days to visit a cousin in the south, and I had that time. And I was home for, I think I was home for all of it, and that was so damn weird. Did we really? talk about that? Were you? When did you leave? I feel like we did talk about that because that was in in June. I left the thirtieth of June. Okay, so we might have that was that was just well. And uh, but I had been in New, I had been in um, New York that whole week before I left too. Oh, that's right. No, and we didn't. He was actually gone over the over the fourth, so that was like right at the start. So yeah. I think we had recorded our last episode, and then he left. And it's weird because it's the first time he's been gone that long, where I have not gone anywhere. Usually, I I will have a trip, even if it's just visiting family in Wisconsin or something. I'll have somewhere that I go. Yeah. And I intentionally stayed because I just, I hadn't done it. And within a few days, like the house stays clean. <laughs> I'm, I'm one person. So the laundry doesn't build up. It was, I honestly, it was like the middle three days or so was a little cabin fever because I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. at all. Because there was nothing to keep myself busy. Because that's usually what will happen is I have some time and I can go and have a life or I can get caught up on life at home. But there was no life to get caught up on at home. And it was really, 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 really strange. Right. I mean, just just odd. I mean, I forced myself to get out and to not just have that cabin fever, but it was such an odd feeling. Like, I almost felt like I had no purpose at all. Like, everything is done and nobody needs me. Why do you, why why do you think here? I'm doing my garage? Like, why do you think I'm doing this? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I last, get it. Yeah. It's, <sighs> I've been home for almost a week and I have not run the dishwasher once. Normally, I run it once or twice a day because of those damn kids and their damn fucking cups. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, this, that's the reason why I'm doing all of this is to keep myself completely occupied because I'm stupid fucking photo app on the iPhone yesterday. I was like, you have a new memory. Portraits, 2017. And it's all these portraits of that I took of Marlo on my phone. Oh, jeez. And like all the way from like the beginning, like the 
through her tonsillectomy and through the summer and through the beginning of the start of school year. And I just started bawling. <laughs> I just started crying. I miss her so much. And um, Like, that's it. I'm cleaning the garage. <laughs> I'm going to go get dust up in my lungs and go through all these ugh, letters from, like, when I was 13 years old. Like, boxes and boxes of shit like that. Oh, yeah. But I got to talk to Lita on Saturday. I've talked to Lita twice now. Um, and the first time I talked to her, I was walking home from the Beyonce and Jay-Z concert in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a little crazy. That was a little intense. It was good. It was great. It was awesome. And she was super, super, super... Uh, jealous and mad at me mad, but, um, mad at you was it that was something you had planned no okay because i didn't remember hearing about it no it, I, it was not planned at all um we found out that they were going to be there on bastille day and we managed to find some tickets while we were there the only we had a few things planned and here's here's my advice to anybody going to paris don't go to the louvre <laughs> just flat out don't just don't just don't do it it is a miserable experience i mean the art is beautiful and <clears throat> you can probably get maybe 20 feet away from the mona lisa but it is it is like disneyland on fucking crack cocaine it was crazy and we, and we took a guided tour so we got to skip the line and even with skipping the line we had to go to through like three we had to go through three different points of like security and then we had to walk through this other building and then it was just insanity complete insanity it was a two and a half hour tour it was hotter than fuck in that building and they were just crammed people were crammed in there like sardines it was like yeah just the outside of the building is really pretty <laughs> so walk by wave yeah, yeah. Um, so many of the other museums are, are easier and pleasant and anyway, uh, that's one thing that we had planned and that we went and did. And then afterwards I was like, Ugh, my advice is don't do it. Go see Beyonce and Jay-Z though. If you can. Skip the Louvre for Beyonce. Yeah. Um, but I got to talk to Lita on Saturday and, oh my gosh, she sounds like she's 22 years old. And like finishing college and she's just like, I don't want to come home. Like, this is like the best, like most life-changing experience ever, mom. <laughs> That's how she's talking. Really? Like, <laughs> I really like, I, I'm kind of dreading coming home because it's not camp and camp is like the best experience I've ever had. But you know, like, I kind of want to start high school. Like, it's going to be a great experience and all. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it was visiting day. And Marlo had gone to one week of camp at the beginning. And next year, she'll probably go to like three weeks. But Marlo had her first camp experience. And Lita's and? like, <laughs> she loved it. She okay. absolutely loved it. And Lita on the phone is like, oh, mom, Marlo is here. And like, you would not believe how popular she is. Like everybody was hanging out <laughs> with her and like fawning over her. And I'm like, why? She's like, because Marlo is Marlo. She's just being cute. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. It is. It's good. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If I'm remembering, Lita was very clear that Marlo needed to have her own camp experience. She right? did. like, Right. But it's funny that that's what she, like, she had that concern. And Marlo just 
Yeah. Walks in like she owns the place. I wasn't really concerned about <clears throat> Marlo and Camp, I don't think. I mean, Marlo No, but it sounded like Lita was. Like, she didn't yes. want to feel like Marlo was clingy. Yeah. Yeah. But that seems sounds like that wasn't really an issue. <laughs> she had a wonderful time, and I've talked to her several times. They're both so big. <sighs> you know, when you're in the day-to-day with your kid, you don't realize how big they get, and their voices change, and... It's um, as much as I need to get done before they get home. I can't wait. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I've never had that much time away from Laxton and I don't want it necessarily, but I do because I'd like to be able to kind of have a fresh set of eyes because everyone makes the comments that, oh, he's grown or his voice is deeper. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really notice that. I mean, I think there's, I think as parents, it's really easy to get stuck, like seeing them forever at a particular age. Yeah. Whatever that age is. And it's never the age that they are. So it's like in my mind, he's constantly eight. (laughs) So people say, well, he's really tall and his voice is deeper. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. Same as he's always been. Just this little Because it's every single day. Yeah. And for me, having two, like Lita, Lita's allowed to grow up. Marlo to me is always going to be chubby little three-year-old with the dimple and so when i see her face on facetime i'm like oh what is this she's morphing as I, i'm watching her morph whereas lita's like yeah lita's getting older but the younger one's not allowed to get older it's not it's not allowed it's like they age in this weird way too when they're with when they're with their people like mm-hmm. lita's at camp with all of these girls her age so it's like she's aging in a really unique way that she wouldn't age if she was home. Yeah. she, Which is weird. She's just among all these peers who think, I think we have said this before, they, all of her peers there are mostly from, I think they're mostly from New York and New Jersey. There's a couple people from the South and from Texas, but she, everybody thinks Lita is like really exotic because she's from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like exotic old Utah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll I'll reveal this. So last year in Paris, I was able to use my feminine wiles to sort of soften the blow of, of me not knowing much French. Um, right. Like I would talk to people and I would start in French and I would attempt like my, my best to get the words out and they would immediately realize, oh God, she can't do it. And right. they were super nice to me and like, oh, you speak English. I speak English. What do you need? How can I help? And this year I traveled with someone. <laughs> so you weren't able to, you weren't able to exercise that quite like you did well, before? I think it would have been, it might've been an easier, an easier transition if he weren't wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well. Which he wore because of that's... the, because of the sun. And, you know, the sun was really intense. And yeah, so but... everybody thought we were from Texas. Everybody thought, so here are these two people from Texas, right? So I would attempt to start talking to them and they would look at his hat and they would just stand there and make me like <laughs> be miserable. Like struggle through it. Struggle through it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's pretty excellent. Yeah, and everywhere we went... From taxi drivers to wait staff to everybody is just like, you know that you guys are like, you guys are a laughing stock. Your president is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you guys. Like everybody was just shaking their head. Yeah. You're like, yeah, we know that. Most of us know that. Yeah. Wow. Well, that makes me that, I mean, semi-related. During the time that Lexton was gone, I started uh, Warmth of Other Suns. Oh, you did? I did. And I, I'm not done with it. I decided to really take my time with it because it's phenomenal, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard to read. Yeah. It, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about the South. I have not spent a lot of time in the South, but it is eye-opening in just a such a sad way i never really realized i never really realized that the south never changed right and it's 
I mean, it's beautifully written. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book, but it's just, it's, it's intense. And you read a couple pages and you find yourself kind of smiling at this story. And then it's like, you get punched in the gut yeah, by the reality of what life was like and probably is like in some areas in the South still. Yeah, that's the, that is the heritage that I come from. You know, I come from Jim Crow. <laughs> my yeah. parent, my parents went to high school during all of that. Um, and it made me understand my parents. That book gave me an understanding, even if that book is so generous because it gave me an understanding of my white parents, even which I'm sure the author didn't even intend to do, but what it did, it was like, okay, not that I'm forgiving my parents for having racial tendencies, but to understand why they did what they were taught, what they were ingrained to believe. Right. Yeah. That, that book, again, it's whenever, when anybody asks me about my favorite book, that's what I say. The warmth of other sons. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I have recommended it to anyone who will hear me out on it because it's just, it's incredible. And one, one piece of it, I know that's not the focus, but one piece that I found really interesting was there's a point in there where she makes a comment that it was like the, the generation after the civil war, like the people who had, I don't know, no skin in the game, no real stake, no real reason or motivation to side with any side, how they, they were even worse. Like the white people who came after the fact, who really had no reason to dislike, and it was they were just even more atrocious. Yes, which I think is a really interesting piece of the psychology behind racism. But, yeah, and that puts it all in context oh, through yeah. the through the stories of three separate people, which is what I love about it. Yes, yeah, you get the story of three separate people, and then also a lot of like not not filler, but just additional background of what's happening around them and around the country. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, it's so, so well done, but wow. So sort of on the same topic. Um, so I was in France when France won the world cup. Yes. And I know that several of my friends who are super into to football are pretty angry at me about that. But <laughs> I, I literally had no, I didn't think the World Cup was still going to be going on when I was in Europe. And then I didn't think that France was going to advance like they did. And then they kept advancing. And that's when I started to read up more about it. And like 23 of the players are from African descent. And I believe <laughs> Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says a thing about how Africa won the World Cup. <laughs> yes. And what was really interesting to me, we watched the final on the bank of the Seine with this uh, 20-year-old 20, 20 kid and all of his friends. And this 20-year-old was a super talkative, super intellectual. Like, he knew everything about American politics. Like, he said the day after Trump won the election, he's 20 years old, like, the day after Trump won the election, he was devastated. And he said he, it took him weeks to get out of his bunk. He said the general feeling, because his, both of his parents were, were immigrants to France. And um, he's like, you know, the general consensus, he's like, mo there's so many of us here who are first generation. And the general consensus is that this, this, team sport this you know camaraderie is bringing everyone together for a common goal and then it's good for the country it's really 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 good for the country um so when they won it was just <laughs> it's a once in a lifetime experience of course and luckily you know we went to the champs Elysees and we walked down to the Arc de Triomphe and we saw everybody climbing the buildings and the light poles and people standing on top of the Arc de Triomphe and we managed to escape before it got um, deadly. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, that was a great day. Well, but that's an interesting, I remember when Trevor Noah made that comment, did you see, it was like, I don't remember who responded to him, but I think it was maybe the French ambassador. The French ambassador told him like that. How dare well, you he say, that. you shouldn't say that. Yeah. And did you see his response? Did I you watch did. that? I did watch his response. It was just, his response was 
It was perfect. perfect. I mean, it was very Trevor Noah, but it was, he had a really interesting point when he said, it's like when, when, when these immigrants do something well, then they're French or they're American. Yes. Or they're whatever. But when they don't, then they're immigrants. He said, did he use that? I love that example that he used the guy. Yes. That, that I don't remember where he's from in Africa, but he's the one who climbed five stories on the balcony to grab the baby. Yes. And he said, oh, look, the, the French man saved the baby. And he's like, so if he dropped the baby, would it have been the African who dropped the baby? <laughs> like, he was African really... when he was on the ground. Right. By the time he got to the baby, he was French. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he, he worded it really well. He said, I don't see any reason to not be able to celebrate their Frenchness and their Africanness. Mm-hmm. They, they're not like mutually exclusive. But yeah, yeah, that was that was really interesting. It was a very well worded response from him, I think. Very well worded, and it even applies to white Americans. About he even brought that up about sitting in an Irish pub. You can sit in an Irish pub on St. Patrick's Day and celebrate the fact that your ancestors came from Ireland. You can still right. c- celebrate and still celebrate your Americanness, and and having gone to to England. You know, I'm among my people there, especially, you know, my people are from from Wales and Scotland. And, you know, I'm, I'm there among my people. I'm, I'm visiting the homeland, right? And that's, that's why England is very special to me. Um, but yeah, 23 players from African descent um, on that, on that winning team. And you were there for that. I was there for that. <laughs> They kept advancing, and I was like, "This is, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they? They're not gonna get to the finals. That's not gonna happen." And then they kept advancing. It's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." I mean, a hell of a time to be there. Not only the World Cup, but then able to catch Beyonce. Able you also catch... you went to Lala, right? The last day. Or I went to the last day of Lollapalooza and saw Gorillas, and that which was was in incredible that's what i figured yeah oh my god i didn't expect like i was just like okay yeah we're gonna go see oh i I should have like wow it was so good it was so good like if anybody has the chance to go see gorillas go it's it was an amazing show and a little bit of a brit pop nerdiness here um at the end of the show damon alburn who used to head the band blur 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 yep uh, is part of Gorillas and Blur was like super. They had a huge rivalry with Oasis, and right. back in the day. And the ending song, Noel Gallagher came out on stage and sent, and they no. played guitar together. Oh wow! Yeah, it was incredible. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, and it was amazing oh, to be like Gorillas isn't as huge here as it is there. The crowd there was huge, and everybody knew every word to every song. It was amazing. It's a hell of a way to spend uh, spend summer. Yeah, and and almost celebrate the book being done. Close. <laughs> celebrate the book being nearly done. Yes, N- nearly. If I can get through this week, yeah, yeah. And then, so next week, the the girls come back, and then yeah. do they start school that week or the following week? They start school two weeks from yesterday. Okay. Okay, so they have a few days, like four or five days at home, and then back to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and in the and in during all of that, they have orthodontist appointments, dentist appointments, and two separate piano lessons. <laughs> oh wow! So busy. You know, back into it. Yeah. This is again. I will say this: like when I when I am in that environment where I get to sleep and I get to take a leisurely shower and I don't have to put anybody to bed or do piano lessons, I realize, oh my God, like day-to-day life with children and putting them first and making sure that they get to where they need to be and are fed and are well-rested and loved is a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you do, I mean, I think... Being in that constantly, it, it is like I said. You you kind of forget, like you feel like you don't have a purpose. You forget your place in the world without them. Mm-hmm. 
and you have one, it's not that you've given it up, but you're so used to putting that second that you suddenly are faced with this block of time and you no longer know where you belong. There is a, there is a, and I wouldn't call it an insecurity. I would call it just a temporary um, disorientation. Um, when my kids leave the first couple of days, there's like, wait a minute, who am I? <laughs> wait a minute, who who am I? You know, because I, I, I am the person who cooks dinner and puts them to bed. And like, I am the person who drives them to school and drives them to piano lessons. Like, that is who I am. But that's not who I am. But there's that disorientation when they leave. It's like, wait a minute, who am I? Yeah, yeah. Because you that that identity comes second so often. Yeah. And it's, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to have the opportunity to realize that and put that identity center again. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to lose it. It's really easy to lose it. Um. And I told Lita this, we may have discussed this. She was really stressed out about some things and asking me like, does it get any easier in terms of friendships? Does it get any easier in terms of school, in terms of work? And I was like, <laughs> like, no, no, it doesn't. And I said, Lita, let me ask you this question. When you are at camp, do you have any of these worries? Any? And she's like, no, I, I, I don't. And I said, that's right, because at camp, you are free from the con- you're free from all that pressure and from that rigor. And I think it's important for you to have that escape. Like, it's important for everybody to even, even if it's just a few days, just to get an escape to realize, you know what? I work hard. I work hard and, I'm, and I do my best just to get that perspective. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to recenter. That is our feel-good message for today. There we go. Recenter. Recenter. <laughs> it has been it has been a while. We are very very happy to be back. Back to our ramblings. Yeah. Maybe maybe our listeners are not. Maybe they've enjoyed the silence. <laughs> Let me cough a little bit more. That's right. Um, Welcome them back with that. Some positivity. Some hacking. Yeah. Good to go. Good to go. We're good to go. Yes. And as always, we are now we are now fully back. So you can reach us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings if you've got anything you want to say. Or you can send us an email to... What the hell? Oh, stories at manicramblings.com. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, about anything. So, yeah. Glad to be back. And until next time, don't take the guided tour of the loop. Now, the guided tour of the Eiffel Tower, get, get, it gets you past the line, which is awesome. Do that. Do that part. So there's my, that doesn't also feel good portion of the story. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> 